I help women who secretly kind of hate their life a little too often. That's not really something that we talk about yeah. as women, right? Of like, if you, somebody says, I hate my life, you go, what? How, you can't, that's so taboo. We don't say that. You've got a great life. I, I had a great life, but I was so unfulfilled. Hey mama, my name's Diana Ballard and welcome to the Mom Training Podcast. Prior to becoming a mom, I realized that if I wanted to continue living a life of passion, adventure, and fulfillment, I needed to learn from people who lived that way while having a family. In 2012, I started interviewing any mom that would talk to me. After hundreds of interviews, I found a pattern that the moms who struggled less all had similar foundational skill sets, mindsets, and habits. I started mom training our live workshops and the mom training podcast to continue my research process in a way that included other moms and families. My goal is to help other moms increase their joy, love, and fulfillment by creating an environment where we can learn and thrive together. Come learn the skill sets and strategies for a happy home, peaceful relationships, inspiration to be your best self, and more than enough time to do what you love while enjoying your family. Welcome to the mom training community where we learn, cry, and laugh together as we navigate motherhood. I'm Diana, and I'm so happy that you're here with me. Hey ladies, welcome to the mom training podcast. Today, we're going to dive into a conversation that I had with a woman named Stacy, who really struggled for a while to enjoy her life. And she helps moms who might feel that they don't like or enjoy the life that they're living right now. So I'm just going to jump us right into the conversation where Stacy is telling us about herself. But I hope that if you are struggling with feeling these same things that you can find something in this podcast today that can help you to feel happier and enjoy your life right now. Yeah, so I am a transformational self-love coach. Uh-huh. Um, I have been coaching for three, three and a half years. Um, I have a degree in psychology uh, from the University of Oklahoma and a minor in criminology slash sociology Um, and I just really love helping people I've I've wanted to help people since I was 15 uh, just just by nature Um, and life got in the way when I 2005 I had my oldest and we didn't know what was going on with him we just knew like he he was just sick and so Um, at that time I was working as a family advocate for a, um, a child advocacy center where kids go when they disclose sexual abuse. And, um, I I had to give up that job because I had to attend to, to Bryce instead. And so, um, that was the beginning of like 15, 14, 15 years of like completely losing myself, uh, I had to change completely. I I had to put all of my career hopes and dreams on hold. I went back into food, you know, um, restaurants and serving because it's easy for me. And, um, and if you miss work or you have to call in or you have to leave, you can be absorbed easier uh, than if somebody is coming to talk to you about their child disclosing sexual abuse. (laughs) 
<laughs> like if you if you bail out on them at the last minute, that's hard. That's hard for them. Um, and so I had to go back into an industry where people wouldn't miss me um, if I needed to go. And so that was kind of the downward decline because in that I got so wrapped up in caretaking for him and everybody around me, which is kind of a natural thing anyway, um, that I got wrapped up in that role and I lost any other part of, of who Stacy is. Um, and, and years went by years and years went by and I couldn't figure out why I was so unhappy. I had everything, everything everybody would want, right? I had two kids, two dogs, a nice house, a house with a pool, a husband. I live in Las Vegas. Like, you know, it was like, oh, well, well, you've got, you know, this life. But I just kept like, I was looking around going, this cannot be it. This cannot be my life. Like there is something else out there for me. I am meant for more. Um, and also my husband and I would work opposing schedules because somebody always had to be home with the kids. And so um, I would work, he would work 5 a.m. to 2. And I would work two, three, four to 10, 11, 12, sometimes six to two. And so when I would come home at night, everybody's asleep, everybody's in bed. I had nobody to talk to, nobody asked of me about my day, nobody to ask them about their day. There was none of that kind of connection. My husband was asleep in bed because he would get up at 4 a.m. And then when he wanted to get up and when he needed to get up at 4 a.m. and wanted to like have some time, I was just knocking out, you know, because it was like, that's my sleep time. Um, so it was just a nasty, nasty cycle that I was completely caught in. Um, and I remember going to him and saying, I am so unhappy. I'm so unhappy. But before then, I was like building up this resentment and I was like yelling at the kids and yelling at him and like couldn't understand why other people wouldn't help me out even though I wasn't verbalizing I need help I didn't know I didn't like uh yeah it was really it was really tough I wasn't like um I wasn't brought up to express my needs at all I was brought up to take care of people and be a people pleaser. And that's exactly what I was doing. And I was doing it to uh, the best of my ability um, at the complete cost to me, at the complete cost to me. Yeah, so um, we were all miserable, all of us. <laughs> and I remember um, my husband wouldn't go with me to the doctor's appointments. I was the one handling the doctor's appointments. Um, so it was like a lot of, you hear a lot of like mental load talk these days. So I was, I had the mental load. There was no sharing of anything on the mental load. And let me not sound so martyr-ish. Um, he had the kids by himself in the evening. So he had the homework, he had the dinner, he had the bath times. Um, so in that aspect, he was very lonely as well but we could never for some reason come together and figure out how to work as a team. Um, and so I remember going to him and saying, I am extremely unhappy, extremely. 
and my our youngest was like two at the time three something like that and um his answer to me was just hang on Garrett goes to school in a couple of years and then you'll have your mornings to yourself like that was the answer that was that's that's what he heard when I when I said I'm unhappy and I said that's not <laughs> that ain't gonna cut it uh because it was so much more than all of that right and so um I begged him to go to couples therapy he wouldn't do it he kept giving me platitudes okay we will okay I'll find it okay I'll, I'll put never happen so six months later I got into therapy myself and um I ended up leaving I ended up we ended up separating because I just didn't feel like I had a partner anymore so here's the weird thing is that we actually stayed in the house together for another six or eight years. I don't even remember right now. Um, we shared our house. And so because it, I mean, we never saw each other anyway. So what's the big deal? We just, I moved out of the bedroom. I moved into another room. So a parent was always there, um, which was great for the kids. But as far as like my own growth and my, and taking my own life back, um, that didn't happen until about five years ago, in all honesty, about five years ago. Um, my brother, my brother died by suicide uh, almost seven years ago. And that sent me into a further hole because I was already depressed as it was. And I, um, we found out later, like about two years into to Bryce's life, we found out that he has a primary immune deficiency. So that takes a lot of work, a lot of doctor's visits, a lot of hospitalizations. A nurse comes into our house every month and infuses an immune system into them that, that literally costs $30,000 from, uh, that's what they, they charge the insurance company. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a lot. And so my brother dying seven years ago, unexpectedly, no note, he was an addict, he was bipolar, um, but he was also my baby brother. And so that really sent me. And I, I disassociated so much in those two years. I can't tell you much about those years. I don't have very many memories at all. Um, I can tell you that I truly didn't experience happiness or joy. Like all those those times where you're like supposed to be happy, like birthdays or Christmases or family get togethers or I mean, my, my parents took us to Disney World and I was like, Meh. like it was, I was kind of happy, but I just didn't really feel that joy that, that we know exists, that we know we felt before. And so three years ago, um, right before the pandemic, um, and by the way, I'm working like jobs, not in my field ever again, right? Never again did I go back into the helping people realm. It was always some form of, um, oh gosh, I I've done retail. I've done real estate. I've, I'm an, an executive administrative assistant. I mean, I've done a ton of stuff to, to make the bills, you know, keep the lights on. But three years ago, I have a friend that's a nurse and she said, um, thinking about becoming a health coach because I'm, I'm tired of working nursing hours. 
strangely enough, right before the pandemic, and then shit really got worse, right? And so um, she was telling me about this program and I don't even remember where, like, I don't remember having the thought. I don't really know where this came from. It literally just was like, Bleh. and um, she was telling me about the program. And I said, oh, I'll, I'll do it if you do it. And she said, what? And I said, what? <laughs> I was like, she said, did you just say you'll do it if I do it? And I was like, I guess this is what we're doing now. Because it sounded interesting to me. And it was a way back. And it was also a way to set my own schedule, help people not be a slave to somebody else's time clock and, and be available to, for my child who still needs me to this day. I mean, he's about to turn 18, but <laughs> he's, he slept with me the last two nights because he has a raging ear infection and um, he hurts. And all he wants is for his mom to comfort him, take care of him, make sure he's get his medicine on time, you know, hot compress, like all the things that that moms do. And so it took me about six months to get uh, double certified in, in health and life. And um, then as a bonus with the, the certification program school I went through, which is Health Coach Institute. Uh, it's a woman-led business run by two women for the last 15 years. Um, they had this bonus class course called Clarity Catalyst uh, led by Jennifer Grace. And so I went and I took that and what it is, it's a, it was originally a Stanford level business course um, created in the late seventies for business graduate students. And it was meant to teach them how to problem solve with creative thinking. It's called creative insight journey. So out of the box problem solving for, for business graduates. And I don't even know how it came to the public, but somebody got a hold of it and thought, man, this is gonna, this would be great for the public too. And the first time it was delivered to the public was actually for 9-11 widows to help these women and men come past a massive, massive challenge, just devastating challenge in their life. And how do you continue past that? especially if you have children or people that depend on you, you have to keep living. You have to, um, because the other choice is even more devastating. And so um, it really resonated with me and I enjoyed the course so much that then I took the, to how to become certified to deliver the course and train in the course as well. So I'm actually triple certified in health, life and clarity. Um, I call myself a, a transformational self-love course because my course really um, goes back to my story. My, my, my coaching goes back to my story. And so I help women who secretly kind of hate their life a little too often. That's not really something that we talk about yeah. as women, right? Uh, of like, if you, somebody says, I hate my life, you go, what? How, you can't. That's so taboo. We don't say that. You've got a great life. I, I had a great life, but I was so unfulfilled. I felt. And why do you think that was? Why do you think you were like? Explain that a little bit more, because I feel like there's yeah. there's a lot of moms that experience what you have felt. Like I felt, I felt that for the last year and a half. I had really bad postpartum depression, and 
like a lot of aftermaths from 2020, you know, the COVID time. And so, um, and that was the first time I experienced hate in my life. And, um, you know, it's, I don't experience that very much now, but there definitely was a season. And I, I think, you know, it's one could be normal sometimes for someone to feel that for different reasons, because they're imbalanced, you know, they are feeling unfulfilled. So dive into that a little bit with me of why you think moms or yourself have felt that they were very unhappy and didn't like their life at that time. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. Um, I felt unseen. I felt un, un, unappreciated, not underappreciated. I felt completely unappreciated. Um, I felt unheard. You know, the perfect example is me going to my ex-husband and saying, I'm, I'm so unbelievably unhappy. And his answer was just wait till our youngest goes to kindergarten and you can have all the free time you want. I didn't have free time. There was no free time. Um, I was either a mom or an employee. My free time literally was sleeping. That was it. That's all I had for, for me. And self-care in my head at the time was like going to get my nails done, which I didn't have time to do anyway. Um, but even if I did, yeah, that's great. And I, I feel better about myself. But self-care is truly checking in with yourself. Self-care is saying, does this feel right for me? Does this feel aligned for me? Can I say yes here? Do I want to say yes here? I was people-pleasing all over the place. If you needed help moving, I was your girl. If you needed a shoulder to cry on, I was your girl. If you needed, you know, whatever. You need me to watch your kid? I was your girl. Um, And so I would spend my days off serving other people, even more so, even though I was already serving people working. And so, and and don't get me wrong, I really enjoy, I love that part of me that I'm a a heart-centered servant. But now I do it with boundaries and I do it with respect to myself. And I didn't have that then. And, And nobody was stopping me. Nobody well, was they saying were all st- benefiting from it. So exactly. why yeah. would they stop you? But I, people don't realize that we get worn out. Very much so. Like it end there end there is an end to our energy and our capacity. There really is. Yeah. So I was burned out. I was pouring from a completely empty bone dry cup. And I was borrowing from my future. I was borrowing energy from my children to give to other people. And so I really resented that. I really, and then if you let that resentment go further and, and be unchecked, that does turn into hatred. Yeah. It turns into hatred. And so that's kind of, um, and then I would like turn to my mother for advice, which that's a whole other thing. Um, but that's where I got this people-pleasing codependent behavior from. And so going to her for advice about me feeling burned out was not, that's like going to a heroin addict and asking, how do I get off heroin? She had no clue, no Mm. clue. It was a just do it like type. There was no palpable tools in that. Um, 
And it wasn't until I got years into therapy, years before I started being able to set those boundaries and call my energy back to me and hold energy and say things like, you know, I, I really, I would love to, but I, I just can't right now or no, or just no, no is a complete sentence. And I still struggle with that to this day. I still have those guilty feelings of like, oh, maybe I could have shifted some things around and I still do it. Um, it's a, healing, it's a, it's a lifelong process and I will forever be in the process of healing. Yeah. And I will forever be catching those old patterns, trying to creep back in. Um, and so I just, you know, what I want to say is be gentle with yourself. Be gentle with yourself. It took you forever to get here and it's going to take forever to wind, unwind. Um, but the further you unwind it, the, the lighter life feels. Okay. So you talked a little bit about like your boundaries. So, you know, no is definitely like a boundary saying no to things that don't fit into protecting your own self-care and your family life and stuff like that. But talk to me about some more boundaries that you have implemented that has helped you feel fulfillment and joy. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, let's talk about how do you even know that a boundary needs to happen? Because I didn't understand that. And the simplest thing that I can teach you guys real fast is if you have an ick, a boundary needs to be set. If you go anything of like, if even internally, if your body doesn't externally do this, but internally you go, a boundary needs to be set there. That's your body. That's your energy, your soul, your conscious going, uh -uh. no, 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 not a great idea. And so if you feel that, uh, that recoil, that ick, that stop, stop. The easiest thing to say is, can I get back to you? Don't answer right away. And that's one of the hardest things to do because if you're a people pleaser, you have that like, she's right in front of me. I have to give her an answer right now. She's expecting it type thing, right? The world's going to burn down if I don't say yes right now. That truly is the urgency that I felt in trying to help everybody. Um, so my boundary, I set boundaries around work. I, I set boundaries around, like I put on do not disturb on my phone. If I'm, I take naps, I don't feel guilty about it. Um, if I, if somebody asks me for help, I don't answer them right away. I really do check in with myself and, and sit for a moment and say, okay, do I really have the time, the energy and the space to donate to this person? Um, because it is a donation. There's no guarantee you're ever going to get it back. Right. And that was the problem is in my past, I was like donating all this time hoping that somebody was going to donate time back to me. And that wasn't the case, which is what caused the resentment to begin with. Um, so if you know that you've got somebody in your life that just is a, a taker, 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 and, and, and not maliciously, please understand. Like people do this just because they do it. They don't understand that it's malicious to you. That is your responsibility to speak up. And say, you know, I've helped you the last three times. Um, can you throw me some gas money? Can you 
return the favor? Can you, or just no? I'm not able to right today. This time, no, type thing. Um, so I think if you look in your life, if you kind of pause for a second, we all have that friend or that acquaintance, right? That is just a, a taker by nature. So that's probably the easiest person to start with because you recognize it immediately. So set boundaries, set a tiny boundary. If you're, if you're a people pleaser and this feels really uh, guilty and shaming to you to say no, start with a small one. If they say, oh, um, can you be here at noon? No, but I can be there at one. Literally take that hour back. They're not gonna know, but it's something small and it's a small victory to you. And once you go, oh man, that felt good, because it does. It feels good to protect your energy and take your power back. And so once you take that one back, then the next time it's easier and the next time it's easier. And now you're just doing big, big power, you know, take backs or, or big boundaries and saying no and not feeling guilty for it, not feeling like I have to make it up to them. Because that's the other thing. If I wasn't able to help, I'd want to make it up to them. What kind of screwed up logic is that? Like, where did I, it's amazing. I still am trying to unravel like where I got this from. I mean, obviously my mother, but to the extreme that it came from, I'm not, I'm not too sure yet. I haven't really kind of been able to dig into the answer to that. I might not ever. Well, you know, I think a lot of people pleasing is the fear of being left or abandoned, you know? Yeah. And so wanting to, <clears throat> you know, I'm not able to help you, but I'm trying to like make it up to you is like, please don't leave me. Please yeah. continue to, to like give me. me love, attention, whatever it is. And, and, yeah. you know, we can get stuck in that. And, you know, Absolutely. even like with our kids, you know, you tell them no for something and then you're worried, oh my gosh, are they still going to love me? Or, you know, are they going to still going to be mad at me? Mom? Did I do something right? You know, um, you know, with our, with our husbands or spouse or partners and stuff too, like, it's really easy to get caught in that people pleasing yeah. circle where we like it's that that anxiety of like I don't want to be alone at least that's that's a lot of what I have found with my yeah. and stuff is like it like kills me to think of someone like leaving me and I don't know where I got that either but it's not fun yeah no I think that's uh, that's absolutely correct and that anxiety is a big driver in people pleasing behavior of please don't leave me you know please like me um and yet I was still very lonely I was still so very lonely. And the answer for me, Diana, is truly that because I was lonely within myself. I was unhappy in myself. Yeah. I was not validating myself. I was my own worst enemy and I should have been my best friend. I was overeating to numb. I was drinking to numb. I was people pleasing to numb because if people liked me, then I was fine, but I wasn't fine, not even the least. So now years later, I have fibromyalgia, I have chronic, uh, you know, pain because I internalized all of this trauma versus um, dealing with it properly at the time and putting it in its right place. And it's frustrating to see what I've done for my body in the name of 
just wanting to be liked. Yeah. It's really interesting. Well, so I guess like for the mom that is struggling with this right now, you know, you, you've talked about some amazing tips of, of how they can, you know, do boundaries and, and think about what that really means for them and, um, you know, finding things that fulfill them and stuff like that. But what would you tell that mom who maybe is not enjoying her life right now and really wants to start finding that fulfillment and joy again? Like, what would you say to her? First of all, let the balls drop. Okay. Let balls drop, please. By all means. Um, my mom, <laughs> gotta love Angie. Um, so I grew up as an air force brat and military people, we lived in Germany for three years. And so because we were Americans in the middle of a foreign country, we tended to kind of like really just congregate. Right. And so it was, it was, just completely expected at any point in time that somebody would call and say, Hey, I'm going to come over and hang out. Well, that would send my mom into an absolute crazy tizzy. And she would yell and scream about vacuuming and laundry and the baseboards. And the people would come over, hang out for a couple hours and then go home. It wasn't some big soiree or hurrah. It was just like, if I came over to your house and hung out, not a big deal. Right. But she would get so amped up that I hated hearing people were coming over. I hated it because I didn't want the drama that was coming with it. And so, and I can say now, I'm, I'm in my 40s now. Never once have I entered a, a, my friend's house and been like, oh God, your baseboards. Like never, not once have I ever, you know what I mean? But that's what my mom was worried about. And so- I wonder what would have happened for her if she had just let those balls drop. I wonder what would have happened to her stress level if she had just enjoyed the fact that people wanted to come over and spend time with her and not freaking ruin it before it even began for the rest of us. Because that's exactly what happened every time, every time. And, and so I hated people coming over to our house. Um, so let those balls drop. Listen, nobody cares about your baseboards. Nobody cares about your laundry. Nobody cares. You know what I care about? Want a clean toilet to use. <laughs> That's it. I don't care about the dog hair on the sofa. I don't give a shit. I want a clean toilet. That's it. That's all I ask for in my, you know, literally that's it. Um, so let those balls drop. And I'm not talking about depression drop. I'm talking about the hyperfixation that it has to be perfect all the time. I'm talking about getting crazy and screaming and yelling, you know, to get things done. That was me. That totally was me because I didn't know how to communicate otherwise. I was so downtrodden that the only way I felt like I was heard is if I yelled. And that is... um my youngest has anxiety now because of it. And, and that's probably the hardest uh, realization that I've had in my healing was knowing I screwed my kids up. Knowing I screwed my kids up. Um, yeah, that, that's, always a, that, that's a hard one. That's a hard one to handle. So let the balls drop. Also use your words, okay? Use your words, use your big girl words. I need help. 
I need help. And if you're in a cis hetero relationship, we all know men just don't work like women. They're not wired like we are. And so that might look like writing a checklist out. In fact, I saw this TikTok yesterday. I think it was yesterday about the mental load of motherhood. And this woman's husband was asking like, oh, I've been hearing a lot about mental load, mental load. What is that for you? So she wrote out this huge checklist of what the mental load looked like for her, which was like washing the dogs every two weeks, washing the, you know, pillows and comforters every month, like all this stuff, the couch cushions, like all this stuff that we all do, but we never verbalize to our spouse or our partner and say, I need you to you know, doctor's appointments, wellness checks, dentist's appointments. Men are so like, whatever's in front of them is the thing. They don't think like this and, and we do. And so use your words, write out, sit down, take, take a half hour to write out what six months looks like. And then give it to your spouse and say, what would you like to be responsible for? That's not a help me, because that implies that it's all on you, okay? Um, <clears throat> and it's not a, would you do me a favor? Because again, that implies it's all on. They're your partner. They're there for a reason, especially if these are his children, they're her children, right? If they're, especially if there's in, children involved, they signed up for that as well. So just give them the list and say, pick six. What would you like to be responsible for? Uh, what appeals to you that you can handle on this list? None of this, I need help, don't, I, I, would you do me a favor? Because then they can say no. See that? That was a question. And they're, they're absolutely within their right to say no, because that would be a boundary. But if you say, pick six, which of these would you like to be responsible for? That's not a yes or no question. Then they're kind of forced to like step up. Um, so the mental load is not, it's becoming more and more of a conversation, but it's not enough of one yet that I think that women are really privy to or, um, aware of, but that mental load is huge. And it was crushing for me. It was crushing for me, even though Jeff had the boys for homework and dinner and bath, I had them for breakfast, make lunch, school run, which if you're a mom, you know, school runs are god awful in the morning both neither of my kids are morning kids that's that's me that's on me um the teacher conferences the ieps the grocery shopping the you know all of the shit that i did before i even went to work i did it all and and what he had to do was come home pick the kids up do homework do bath do dinner bed that's it that's it so it was definitely an, a, an imbalance of of the mental load there. So talk to your partner, talk about balancing the mental load more. Again, it's not a, I need help in this instance. This is a, we share this together and you need to step up further and here's the list. So it's giving them control over what they want to do, what they want to be responsible for, right? So it's kind of engaging them in that, it's getting them to buy in. Um, 
but it's also taking it off your plate. Um, I'm a big fan of like moms, especially the moms that can meal prep. I'm not one of them, but I do have a couple that do. And so if you want to get together with some moms or friends or whatever and meal prep all together at somebody's house or buy, you know, support us, a, a mom starting a small business, buy meal prep. If you can do something to take, again, that mental load off somehow one thing off your plate that you can get off your plate. And then more than anything, spend time with yourself. And I don't mean in the lonely, I come home at 2 a.m. and nobody's asleep kind of way. I mean in a choice kind of way. Like chaos is happening all around you. Choose to spend time. I'm removing myself for 15 minutes. Do not bother me. I will be back. Sometimes that looks like hiding in the bathroom still. That's okay. Take a book you know, do whatever, but do something that's enriching. Don't doom scroll. Don't doom scroll because I, what I, I see a lot of my clients living their raw and unfiltered life by somebody else's IG. And that's nobody, no, very more and more of us are, but very few of us are actually putting our raw and unfiltered life on social media um and that's why the name of my course is empowered authenticity because i'm very very raw about what my experience is where i am now what my struggles still are um so don't doom scroll spending time for yourself by yourself is not doom scrolling okay this is reading that book that's been by your bedside table for years hi me um journaling Hi, also me. I have nine journals in this house that are completely blank. Completely blank. I love buying them, but like trying to write in them is a whole other thing, right? Um, that could look like starting to meditate. Meditation has been a game changer for me. And I and people go, oh, it's so hard. I can't clear my mind. No, you're not supposed to. Yep. You're not supposed to clear your mind. What you're supposed to do is come back to your breath. Like your mind's going to wander. Oh, I got to go and get the pick up the prescriptions. And the, then she's got soccer and blah, blah, blah. Oh no, breathe. There's no judgment in meditation. You just go, okay, that can wait, breathe. That can wait, breathe. And you just come back to your breath. And I didn't understand that for the longest time. I literally was trying to sit in silence and, and have a, a black screen in my head and it didn't I was so frustrated because it didn't work my brain doesn't work like that I'm, I'm neurodivergent on top of all of this um so <laughs> that's a whole other like wrench in this system um so I just have to return to my breath and like okay let that go for a sec breathe what I used to do was get very mad at myself that I couldn't meditate the right way because that perfectionistic pattern with that exists with ADHD people really really strong so let go of judgment of yourself first if you want to put your hair in some amazing braids do it if you want to dye your hair pink on the ends freaking do it 
if you want to wear bright red lipstick and nothing else that's what makes you feel amazing and powerful freaking do it don't worry about <clears throat> what people are going to think and say it's not their freaking life and in all honesty you're judging yourself first before if you judge yourself like oh i want to do that but what will people say no it's what will you say because you just judged yourself before you laid it out on somebody else and in that split split second you're the one that judged first yourself if you can let go of that super powerful that negative self-talk in my head was like 99% of my thoughts 99% of my thoughts how I was failing everybody and everything yeah and so changing that has also been a game changer for me and so that's what I do with my clients is I help them recognize those voices of judgment we actually go and personify them you give them a name you give them what what's their job what do they eat for breakfast do they have friends what do they like to do for their hobbies you know things like that and and we really make them another person so you can recognize oh there's procrastination patty again rearing her ugly head and you can kind of almost push them away because now they're a whole other person they're not you does that make sense yeah okay and then we do that for the voice of wisdom too we all have this higher self that lives inside us the higher consciousness the collective if you're religious you would say that's your soul right um and in that is knowing there is an internal knowing especially for women our intuition is part of that knowing and so how do you tap into that so after we recognize the voices of judgment and we kind of put them in their little box then we bring forth these these goddesses these vo voices of wisdom that live in here our higher selves and we amplify their voice because they're the ones that are going to make you take the leap and scary things that you've always wanted to do they're going to be the ones that say rock the red lipstick rock the braids rock the pink hair they're the ones that are going to say i need five minutes and i need it to myself and i don't want any of you fools bothering me but i love you that is going to come from the voice of wisdom your higher self that lives inside you and so that's what I teach my clients to do is to identify these two, push one to the side and bring one in. You think about these entities as people, okay? These voices of judgment. Let me ask you, would you ever have that person that lives in your head that talks a lot of shit? Would you ever invite them over for dinner? No. <laughs> absolutely not they'd be a terrible dinner guest they'd criticize everything they'd piss off everyone it wouldn't be a great conversation they'd probably kick the dog on the way out like but yet we let them live in our most precious space all the time now the voice that told you to start this podcast would you invite that one for dinner yes definitely yeah because she's strong and she's amazing and she takes chances and she's very in tune with herself she recognizes when her body needs rest when her soul needs rest she doesn't feel guilty for it she can say no 
So that's why we really want to amplify that part of you and de-amplify these other yahoos. So yeah, that's, uh, I think, and, and you don't have to get a coach to do it. I realize that not, you know, not all moms can afford to get a coach. Um, if you have health insurance, go to therapy, yep. please go to therapy. Um, if that still isn't an option, get really real with a bestie. And one of the best lines that you can use is the story I am telling myself is and it might be the story that i'm telling myself is i will never be able to help enough people you know whatever that is for you or the story i'm telling myself is i fail my kids when i have to tell them no i'm not i can't buy them that new toy and then let your bestie be that mirror and go girl what are you talking about you're a great mom everybody says no right but if it sticks around here in your head you're not going to get that yeah. it just kind of gets on that hamster wheel and keeps turning keeps turning keeps turning so you can get help at whatever economic financial level you can afford the the, the key there is is you have to start and that's scary so then i'd ask okay but what's scarier losing yourself for 15 years or starting something new yeah because let me tell you if I could have those years back at this level I would give my right arm that was most of my child my my children's childhood I only recognize things from pictures because I was so gone I was so checked out and I just don't have a, a, a ton of memories from, especially when they were little, little, if you struggled with postpartum, I'm sure you understand that. Yeah. So take the scary leap in, in, enroll a bestie into being your accountability partner and helping push you into taking that scary leap. Cause I promise staying the same is absolutely scarier in the end. Not at the moment, but in the end, it will be. I had to learn the hard way. And so when I got my coaching certificate, I decided that I was going to help other women, that I couldn't have been the only one ever feeling like this, even though I'd never heard anybody talk about it. But it's interesting because I remember years ago, I was in the middle of my divorce and I said something to my mom about it. And she said, <laughs> she dismissed me and she said stacy i hated most of my 30s and being married to your father you just get over it and i thought are you what that is 10 years of your life what are you talking about you hated it and you just get over it and then i really thought back because in her 30s that was my teen years and i thought oh my god that's why we had dominoes seven nights a week for for years in a row that's why she would come home for work and disappear to her room and we wouldn't see her until the literal next night when she came home from work and it was coming in hey how are you here's the money for dominoes and she'd be gone she was so she was probably clinically depressed 
but none of us knew it. I was a teenager. What am I supposed to do with that? All I know is that mom's checked out. And so when she said that, I had this huge epiphany and I was like, oh, huh. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Um, but yet it's still, it's still, it was probably two or three years after that before my brother died and I hit that hole. So even though I had that little epiphany, it didn't stick around. Um, it, it took a massive, massive life tragedy. And I don't want, I don't want anybody else to have to wait for that to go, okay, I'm, I'm worth more than this. You know, my sanity is worth more than this. My children deserve a, a present mom, one that doesn't yell and cause anxiety. Now I have to take the other one to, you know, to my 15 year old to therapy because of his anxiety, which I cause. So get a bestie, get an accountability partner, get somebody that you can trust. If it's not your partner, um, and, and just lay it out there. Ask first, please, though. Don't trauma dump on your bestie without asking. Please do. And, and asking sounds like I have really heavy things to say. Do you have the mental capacity to listen to me today? And if they say no, that's absolutely okay. That is not a rejection of you. That is a true, they don't have the capacity. And then you say, okay, well, if you don't have it today, can, can we schedule time soon? Because I really need somebody to listen. And I didn't do that. Instead, I would sit with my best friend with a bottle of wine and bitch about life. Not the same thing. Nothing changed there. I just kind of stayed in that yuck instead. Because then the wine would get, you know, into me. And then I'd start crying to my best friend about how much I loved her and how life was so hard. But by that time, I was so inebriated. I couldn't really tell her what was going on uh logically and systematically and she wasn't in a state to hear me anyway at that point right so while it was great for bonding um it wasn't great to get my mental health back into gear and back into order um god i used to walk like to the fridge and eat a whole pint of ben and jerry's days in a row but then i'd hate myself for it so then i eat more um overeating is like my thing that's my that's my drug that's my go-to my brother had heroin uh I've I've uh you know overeating Ben and Jerry's I don't keep things in the house for that reason because I know um that if I do get that low that the so I just don't buy them and now well actually if I do now they're keto and sugar-free and um better but I still don't even buy those a lot too just because it triggers a pattern so I keep those out of the house. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Stacy, for sharing um, about your story and about some tips that moms can use to, you know, enjoy their life more again, you know, get that fulfillment, that joy back. So yeah. why don't you tell um, our followers right now where they can find you and how to connect with you? Yeah. Thank you, Diana, for having me. Um, I feel like I talked your ear off and you <laughs> hardly said anything. Um, it's all good. <laughs> okay. Um, you can reach me at Stacy Short on Facebook. Uh, I'm in a red outfit. You can't miss me. It says Life Coach on there. Um, I'm at a few short minutes coaching.com. I'm a, a few short minutes underscore coaching on IG. 
I'm on LinkedIn. It's Stacy with an S-T-A-C-E-Y. I'm an E-Y, Stacy. Um, I'm on TikTok, Stacy Coaches. Um, yeah, just if, if you if you have trouble finding me, just comment below and I'll be watching the comments and I will drop whatever um, is in there, you know, whatever you want to connect on. Um, please come find me. I don't care if you um, want to be a, a client or you're just exploring or you're curious, whatever. Uh, I am a huge believer of women collaborating over competition. I am a girl's girl. And um, and so any way that I can support other women and straightening their crown and holding it up when they are not able to, um, I will, but with healthy boundaries now. Good job. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> now, ladies, you'll be able to find all of those links in the show notes as well so that you can connect with Stacy and check out what she's doing and get involved with how she's um, creating the, this material and, and learning atmosphere for moms and women to enjoy their life more. So Stacy, th thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Um, thank you for sharing and, um, ladies, we will see you next Tuesday on the mom training podcast. Hey mama, thank you so much for hanging out with me and letting me be a part of your day. If you'd like to see how I apply some things that we talk about, tips, some mom humor, or just to connect deeper, follow me on Instagram at Diana Ballard Live. If this episode or any episode was helpful for you, please consider leaving me a review on Apple Podcasts. It's literally the lifeblood for a podcaster, and it helps me so much. If you'd like to learn more about me or mom training and how we can help you implement more things you learn here on the Mom Training Podcast to make life flow smoother, to be more fulfilled, and create and protect what you love, head to dianaballard.com. There are free downloads, online programs, our mom training membership with our monthly workshops, and other resources to help you create the life you want. Thanks for tuning in. Know I'm always rooting for you and believing you. I am Diana Ballard, and this is the Mom Training Podcast.